It's the Creative Blether Podcast with your host, Clive Batkin. So, welcome to episode two of the Creative Blether. Uh, and again, it's my utter delight to be joined by my old friend. He's an actor, he's a voiceover artist, he's a musician, he's an entrepreneur, he's all these things and more. He's the man with the big voice from Brighton, <laughs> Mr. Tom. Dusek. Hello, Clovey. Hello, Tom. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Thank you for asking me. So that's my introduction, but how do you think of yourself these days? What do you call yourself? Well, apart from old, fat and bald. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, with with lockdown and everything, everyone's sort of reappraising what they are and who they are and their, their identity. You know, we haven't played in a band together for... A year and a half, sure. And that was before lockdown. <laughs> no, it's. I, I I think of myself more as a janitor now, because uh, everything went so quiet. And me and my wife have a couple of holiday lets that we have down in Brighton, and I spent all my time fixing things. Sure. Um, buying buying loo roll, which obviously during lockdown was no mean feat. Tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I did think right. I'm I'm not acting i'm not uh, no voice work um except bizarrely a, a voice for, a voiceover for little mix on their last single which they made a video of fuzzy felt and whatever bizarre reason it was introduced to sort of daytime tv kind of and now little mix doing whatever the song was so nothing except for little mix which had six million views in two days or something <laughs> good heavens but yeah other than that buying loo roll but now things are all wonderful and looking up again. So you do sound busy. It is, yeah, it's all kicked off madly. And you've got a few secret things you you can't talk about. But yeah, yeah, which, which aren't yeah massive, but uh, they're massive for me. So uh, I'm going up to London tomorrow to a recording studio. Imagine. I was going to say, do I assume you do everything from home? But I do where I can. Um, and for things like ads and corporate stuff, then that that's great with the magic of modern internet stuff. Um, you can sell full bandwidth audio. So I sit in my bedroom with these acoustic panels set up in a kind of cocoon. And, sure. uh, yeah, do stuff. But tomorrow, because it's a proper cast and it's a it's a radio play, um, we're in a studio with uh, <laughs> with lots of terrifying COVID rules. <laughs> Do you have to talk through a mask? Or? No, no, there's no masks. Um, oh, God, it's hard to know, isn't it? After Monday, I believe it would be all fine anyway. Sure. No so, But I, I think it's, it's all very, very carefully planned out. And I think anyone in the creative industry is so worried at the moment of getting it right, aren't they? There's a friend of mine who's a cameraman, and he's been back at work doing stuff for about six months. He says, so, so carefully done obviously they've got some super famous stars he's working with and if they get covid then the whole production's stuffed so uh, sure sure so i want to talk about well, i want to ask a question of how you get your work but before we do that can we just go back slightly so you said about when we were playing in a band together and when we met that is how we met mm. and at that time i thought to I thought of you as a musician, but you also were a multimedia programmer, I think. 
or yeah, designing yeah, for yeah. a multimedia firm. So, as as we all have been playing in bands since fourteen years old, and uh, God, back then was still we had glimmers of hope, hopes of stardom, didn't we? It's uh, it's got to be twenty years ago that we first played Thanks. together. <laughs> well, I've given up. You might not have. Obviously. No, God, no, I've given up. But, um, yeah, so playing in bands, I did a, a master's degree in interaction design at Middlesex Uni, having worked at Watford College, um, doing a, being a technician and doing some teaching about using audio equipment. Built a, built, built a magnificent studio there at right. Wisconsin College. Um, ah, but it was going nowhere. So I went to did a, did a master's and started working in multimedia in the days when cd-roms are the future and someone whispered about something called the internet but um, <laughs> i had a boss um at a very big publishing house who famously said ah, the internet never take off never take off <laughs> email what's that about <laughs> yeah so um so then still playing in bands as well as as working in Muttley Media, as it was called. And then I depped for Soulfish at that brewery, the Guinness Brewery. And that's when I met you. And then um, got the gig, and we've been, yeah, playing together ever since, haven't we? Good heavens. You on stage right, me on stage left. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we tried to never meet. Never the twain shall meet. <laughs> we're connected by a row of brass, brass players. So you were obviously artistic. Is that something you did at school, or...? Did a lot of acting at school, oh. and I did. Yeah, I do sometimes think that's that fork in the road that you take, and it's in, because my kids, the oldest, is doing. He's just finished his A levels. Uh, I think he's got his last exam tomorrow, or <laughs> assessment as they're called. They're not exams; they're they're being assessed, not examined. Um, and that choice you have to make, and I weirdly went in some kind of engineering route instead of going to drama school, which I, I do wish I'd done. Um, but I think still trying to play music. Um, and, yeah, so it, it was all music-focused. Did a little bit of acting with sort of Amdram groups and stuff in Hertfordshire. Riddled with Am Riddled with Amdram it is. Riddled. And, um, yeah, Watford College, doing the music, audio stuff, and... Always thinking I would at some point like to do acting again. But I think there's a terrible... There's only one thing worse than saying I'm a musician and that's saying I'm an actor. There's, um, you know, it's risible. It really is. <laughs> because people always say, oh, well, I've seen you in anything. Well, it's up to you, isn't it? <laughs> do you watch telly, listen to adverts? Do you go to the theatre? If not, then no. And... I think for, for most people's perception, like with music, unless you are Michael Jackson, you're an abject failure. Unless you are uh, Hugh Jackman, you're, you're, you're a failed actor. And, it is, and that's another reason why I was quite keen to call myself, reframe myself as a janitor, because it avoids all those difficult questions. <laughs> so do you think of yourself as an actor now, or, or as a musician, or as a voiceover artist? What, what? It, much less as a voiceover artist, because that's where right. I make my money. So um, I, I can look myself in the mirror and say, you are a voice artist. That's your, that's your job. I do do acting. Um, and if I get a good acting role, then I can look myself in the mirror and say, yes, you're an actor. This desperate 
need for legitimacy is, sure. is always there. And it's, it's weird because before I moved to Brighton, I was up in Hertfordshire um, and everyone knew me there as a musician. That's what I did there. Moving to Brighton, no one knows me as a, as a musician at all. And it's quite odd, these sort of two um, two histories. Um, again, sure. janitor, it's, it's, it fixes the whole thing. I think of you as a, as a janitor. So, Excellent. Yeah, I do now, Excellent. anyway. My mop skills. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so how did the jump to the voice acting come? When I was, the, the last proper job I had, I was a design agency in Soho. And if ever we needed a voice, um, I'd do it. Um, then me and my wife thought working was rubbish, so we should stop. So we bought a boat and went through the French canals down to the Med. Um, got pregnant halfway down, so I had to come back because turns out the Med's full in the winter because everyone parks their boats back. Um, and we moved to Brighton then. And then I thought, well, I've got to stop doing something. And as, as well as opening a yogurt shop on Brighton Pier. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> well, I, I thought, because at the, at the design agency, it had been all big contracts and big pitches and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice just to have a transaction where someone gives you a couple of quid and then you give them something that you've made? I thought, God, oh, that'd be nice. Turns out it's not nice. Turns out it's um, very hard work and a bit grim. So we only did that for one summer. Tell tell the listeners what it was called. It was called Yo Guts. Brilliant. Do you have, still have the sign? <laughs> no, I, I, oh. I, I chucked it in the end. There's only so much of life's flotsam and jetsam you can keep, isn't there? But <laughs> we had kids used to walk past going, Yo Guts, yeah. Maybe it wasn't the uh, <laughs> the branding genius I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so the... I started coding some um, CD-ROMs, you know, determined to keep that that flag burning, um, and started doing some more voice stuff. And I just lucked out and got an agent, really. Um, my voice is so typically voiceover-y, so typically Radio 4, that if you were to start a voice agency, the first one you'd get would be one of me. Right. So, therefore, every voice agent has got one of me if not two. Um, and I think someone who used to do the sound for Soulfish, remember that, that bloke from Manchester, Stuart, with the long hair? Do you remember him? You'll have to narrow that down. <laughs> was it a really <laughs> terrible was, mullet? No, it was, it was a proper heavy metal long hair. But um, and I, th- I think he put a good... He knew, so I was chatting to him about doing voice work, and he said something like, but I, I, I'm not quite sure how it happened, but I did get an email from this, from a voice agent saying, would you like to audition? And I did. And their one of me had just moved to Hong Kong and stopped doing it. So I, yeah, lucked out and got the gig. And that was like 15 years ago, I think, something like that. Is it really that long? Mm. Good heavens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you allowed to say the kind of people you worked for, the kind of yeah, brands yeah, yeah. you've... So lots of corporates from Manchester City, Rolls-Royce, um, <laughs> do you know, I knew this would happen, so I got my website up. I, hang on, CV for voices. Oh, Gorilla Glue, that's uh, an advert that refuses to die. I'm very proud of you for that one. I love Gorilla Glue. <laughs> that's brilliant. That, that just goes on and on and on. Um, 
so yeah, Gorilla Glue, Epson, um, Chester Zoo, Speakman's. So Speakman's was a TV program on ITV about um, people using. I think it was CBT. Is that it? The behavioural therapy, cognitive right. behavioural therapy. Basically, I've never eaten vegetables. You'll now eat vegetables. <gasps> They're eating vegetables. And I'd do the sort of bits in between. And that was fun because it, the, the more proper stuff you do, you realise the less organised it is. Like if we play some gig in someone's garden, you'll get all manner of organisational stuff where you can park, this is where you put your stuff, and these are the sandwiches, and you get changed in there, lads, and you're on at nine, and you finish at 11. And it's all very organised, but... <laughs> this thing for ITV, it really was. Oh, we've just done the edit. It's going out tonight. So can you record it now, live into the edit? And really? Yeah, just and it's done. I think. Hmm. I'd, I'd have thought you'd have <laughs> planned this more, but no. It's, it, it, but it works. Um, so well, lots of uh, video games. Um, and doing that's weird because. I've hardly ever met anyone who's played on these games, and they are big apparently. There's um, one called uh, Dest- Divinity Original Sin, which that's one that people go, oh, "You're in that. that? That's a big thing." And then they say, "What are you? What are you?" And I, I'm deep voice monsters. Varieties, <laughs> um, knowledge is power. Um, blue voice, uh, blue toad murder files. Was that the one? That's the one I think. Of you as sort of launching at the beginning of your voice career, but yeah, 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 and again, that was that was luck. It was just someone I knew who worked at the um, the the game production company who they were prototyping it. So could you come along and do some silly voices for all these characters? And so I did. And in the end, I said, "Well, do you want to do them then? All twenty-two different characters." And that was number one in various charts. <laughs> Yet to meet anyone who's played it. <laughs> You did all 22 voices? Including a dog. Oh, oh, naturally. <laughs> Good heavens. And the, and the reviews were, were great. So, well, this is um, amazing. He's done all these, these these voices. But there was one character who was a New York taxi driver. And the American reviews said, the voice actor sounds like he fell out the accent tree and hit every branch on the way down. <laughs> How Absolutely. accurate. Well, yeah, yeah. So it was all good except for the, cat, the New York cabbie. You've obviously forgotten the most important voiceover, which is the one for this very podcast. Creative blether, indeed. Go on, do it. Do one. What, what, what are the words again? Oh, we've been through this, Tom. <laughs> I've, I have a zero memory. The things I've voiced, I've done, so, I've done loads of health stuff. I should be a doctor now, fully qualified. Knowing how to do all these difficult operations, I have no idea. Do you have to get you have to get the terminology right? The... Yeah, I was speaking, but the, the meaning, no, no idea. So, what, what do we say? The creative blether. Welcome to the creative blether, something like that. I'll just move the microphone a little bit closer. Welcome to the creative blether. Welcome to creative blether. It's creative blether with Clive Batkin. Welcome to creative blether. So that's the kind of thing. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Okay. Yeah. Doing sort of three takes and wild, and then someone will choose which one they like. I, my only sort of knowledge of voiceover is 
watching Toast of London. Is, yeah. is, is it like that? No, thankfully, no. But I, I did once have people in fits of giggles because if you imagine the situation, especially when it's all online, so you've got the, the client is remote and they're probably joined via Skype or something, so quite a low-quality thing. And everyone's talking with the ad agency people, the engineer, and then I come in with my beautiful quality signal and it's all booms like this. And you can hear them giggling, going, Clem Fandango. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to do, just, you know, okay. Cheers for that, Matt Berry. <laughs> well, you do it very well, I have to say. Thank you very much. Very, very impressed. <laughs> so that's voice, and you have an agent for that. I do. And what about your... Physical acting. Uh, got an agent for that too. Um, uh, I should say who they are. So the voice agent is um, the voiceover gallery. We were in Manchester. And my acting agent is John Mahoney Management in Brighton. And uh, yeah, that, that was through doing various shows in Brighton, in the Brighton Fringe, kind of getting to know them. There's this delicate balance between glad-handing, letting people know who you are and not being annoying. Right. Because, oh God, you can imagine how many... You know, everyone wants to do this, so everyone's trying to get an agent. So every other phone call to whatever type of agent, literary agents, I'm sure we're the same, your main job is to fend off unwanted advances. So, yeah, I, was, I, was, I remember being quite, quite, you know, not matey, but just let know who I was. And then I was lucky enough they came to see a few shows. And, yeah, so signed, signed with them. Been with them for five years, seven years, something. Right. Is it rare or is it common that voiceover actors can also physically act? I'm sure they do. I mean, there's plenty of actors get all the top voice work. Right. So all the... So many ads you'll hear it's Richard Iwode or um, oh the fellow from Plebs who does Amazon, um, and I think there it's what what you're after is the people with a fairly with with their their niche their type their archetype their voice which you know that's right. what hand wants isn't it it's fair enough um, yeah no, because it, you, know, you you could cruelly say voiceover is just reading and talking isn't it. And yeah, kind of it is, but you're also performing and you've also got to do sort of technical things, get exactly the right timing and all that. Sure. So that's an acting skill, I suppose. Um, and I, I think the, the agents, but I've also got a motion capture agent as well, <laughs> because it, it, things do tend to specialise, I think. It, the, the, those particular jobs and roles have been um, are, are old enough industries now that they require their own specialist agents seems to me anyway so this is you in a tight rubber suit with dots stuck to you yes yes okay i'm gonna have to process that i think <laughs> it's a terrifying thought clavy what <laughs> things have you done in motion capture then um i did uh, some game stuff some sort of research r&d stuff that for a game which i can't talk about um but a film that's in south america called little heroes and I was uh, three characters in that, um, all of them nasty. And obviously the best character is always the horrible ones. So that was brilliant. Um, up in Shepparton. That was good. 
Yeah, you walk past a Harry Potter stage and you're not allowed to look in. <laughs> Don't even Don't look, even look at it. Open. Yeah. <laughs> so on top of all of that, and mm. I, I, I'd like to sort of wait until the after show mithering to talk about it, but you also wrote, I, I know you've written one one-man play, mm. which, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about theatre, but was honestly one of the best things I've ever seen. But have you written other things as well? Do you? Started to. Um, yeah, I've, I've got various bits and bobs that I've, I've, I've started writing. And I think the, the one I did do had something to say. And it, that's, that's the key, isn't it? Finding something to say. There's... There's the saying, isn't it, that everyone's got a novel in them. Everyone's got number one single in them. Everyone's got uh, one of them. Doing the second one is tricky. The third, the fourth, fifth, you know, the difficult third album. Um, so I will do more, but sometimes I feel quite exhausted at the thought of it. Sure. I don't know if that's a a real thing or not. I got <laughs> I had a brilliant idea for that involved Dave Gilmore, but um, that. It was, it was all forming. I was thinking, yes, it's great, it's great, full of enthusiasm and beer and jotting ideas down. The next day, thinking, how, how would you possibly do this? <laughs> have, you, have you contacted Dave to ask? Well, he lives down the road. I, Does he? It goes to um, the cinema, this lovely old cinema in Brighton where they were showing the new Pink Floyd Live in Pompeii film. Right. And I, was, I got a ticket up on the balcony and watched it. It's all very nice. It's brilliant. And stood up at the end, and everyone down in the, the bottom bits turned around and started applauding me. I thought, that's very generous. But I didn't really do much, but thank you all the same. I turned around, and who's behind me but Dave Gilmore and all his family? <laughs> so that was, I was quite starstruck, actually. You didn't try and harangue him about your everyone beer-fueled play? I've, I've never seen such professional slipping away. Really? You know, he's probably had a lifetime of it, hasn't he? But he did, did just walk off with his family down... London Road. I thought they're going to get into a, a limo or something. No, I just walked home. So it's quite nice. That's prog rock money. That is <laughs> prog rock levels of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, I definitely want to talk about your play because it was honestly one of the more enjoyable evenings of uh, of, of recent memory. Thank you. One thing that, as always, I I, I don't like to gush about you, but I'm going to. One of the things that's always staggered me about you is you ever since I've known you which I suppose in life terms is not that long but you've done so many things and you seem to approach them with utter fearlessness I mean I have lots of ideas but I I angst about them for months and months and months and then I don't do them or I'll do them very slowly but you just seem to do them right where does that come from uh, quite possibly not realising that there's another option. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I, I procrastinate, same as anyone. I don't do stuff. I mean, the great unlocking, un- unravelling of the COVID times will see everyone rehandering you about how little they did with all that time. So I guess I, there was a lovely feeling of not having to do anything. So I guess in normal times, yeah, I'd do you feel got to do something? Got to, yeah, can't sit around. 
too much, I mean, even though I do. We've mentioned some of them, but I mean, you've done so many other things that I can think of. And uh, I just wonder where it comes from. I, I've honestly always admired that in you. You just oh, seem you. fearless about thank stuff. I, th- I think, you know, music's just getting on stage and playing stuff and, it's, and put, putting feel into it and, and enjoyment, isn't it? And, and I guess with with acting as well, it's I don't do it for the applause. Um I find applause a weirdly out of body experience as if it's someone else are clapping. Right. Um, I guess because with music it usually is. <laughs> it's, it's the singer. No one ever knows who the keyboard player is, do they? No. <laughs> so um No, I th- I think it's that moment before you go on, that those little wisps of like dusting of your adrenal gland when you get something really well done and you get it. Oh, I thought that was great. Um, that with the, the one man show, I know you will talk about it later, but there's, there was a feeling before when I, that was all coming together. I, it was as if I'd thought of the best joke ever. And I was just about to tell it, you know, when you're in with some friends in the pub and it's all chatting, people are chatting and you think, I'm not going to say it. And everyone's going to love this. And it, just that moment before you say it and you, and everyone laughs and falls around and think you're brilliant. That feeling there, was, it was a, there was a bit of that. Um, yeah, but also, and, and this is probably where what I don't have is that sort of absolute desire to be famous and successful. I know people who have got that and I don't denigrate it whatsoever. They've got it and they can glad hand and they can, sure. You know, I'm a judgmental sod. I really am. You know, if I think I think someone's a bit, you know, not my kind of person, I find it very hard to um, to chat away. But I've seen people do it who can, and they've done incredibly well. Um, so it's, it's knowing yourself, isn't it? Not, I guess. What one thing I'm happy about is I'm not uh, not too scared or worried about stuff. I think sure. That's the thing. God, that really was blether, wasn't it? That was full-on blether. No, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> I mean, you remind me of somebody I know who is, I mean, not I wouldn't say creative in the way that we probably are, but is is very creative financially, is incredibly successful financially, and his secret is he just does lots of things. Mm. He, he makes decisions very quickly. He doesn't look back. He always looks forward. And I don't know, I... I think of you like that, really. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd never I, admit I guess... that to your face, but... <laughs> I, I guess when, when you've got a measurable thing like money, you can, you, you, can, you can assess how you're doing. When you're doing writing something or rehearsing something or performing something... It's much harder. You're in the midst of it, and you hope it will go all right. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sure. Um, I've had a couple of experiences that have been just—it was awful. Oh, tell me. <laughs> tell, tell us those. They're the ones we want no, to hear about. No, 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 no. Just where you're unclear, and the little voice inside your head that says you're rubbish. Really, you're going to get found out any minute. And yeah, if the director hasn't, um, in retrospect, just wasn't being clear. And I wasn't being strong enough in saying you you need to be clear. Uh, yeah, so that sort of self 
<laughs> self-loathing. <laughs> Imposter syndrome Let, and stuff. Yeah, lack of confidence. That, I think that's, that comes up a lot. And yeah. They say a lot of creatives have that. I mean, mm. not me, obviously, but... No, no, obviously. Or you, obviously. Or you actually. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, look, when you see people doing incredible things, big, big, big things, that's icy self-confidence must be incredible i mean we've gone on stage and done big stuff haven't we so i guess some people could look at us and go they've just walked out and played to forty thousand people at Brompton park or something and it was kind of easy wasn't it, it was just jamie cullen was chatting up my wife god damn <laughs> he was right next to me and really? um, I, yeah. I saw him i didn't realize he had such an excellent yeah, he taste sidled up to marina he's going so uh, well, she's little, isn't he? So, so uh, <laughs> what are you doing later, lady? Um, yeah, but, but and you look at people in in all sort of strata of this. Imagine, I don't know, being Tom Cruise, and you've got how many people set up ready to make this incredible thing scene happen, and you're the one who's got to make it work. Or even worse, there's some person behind Tom Cruise who's the supporting role who has to do something precisely, exactly, get it right. Sure. Because Tom Cruise probably just got to jump off the building and look like that. But the bloke behind has got to do the comedy fall or, you know. Um, yeah, I think though that that pressure must be quite quite intense. When, you know, it's do it now, don't get it wrong. Sure. Why do we get on that? That didn't answer your question at all, did it? No, but it was very interesting. <laughs> it was, that was exactly what I want from this podcast. <laughs> So tell me what you've got on the go at the moment. I say I know there's a few things you can't talk about, but what's, mm. um, what's post COVID looking like for you? Yeah, good. Um, AstraZeneca, lots of stuff with them. Sadly, not the uh, the COVID vaccine part of AstraZeneca. It's their other bits and bobs. Um, <laughs> and medical stuff's always fun because they, there's so many people have to authorize a script that there's always a mistake. So they always come back after we record it. Like, really? Okay. <laughs> Um, that there's uh, some video games happening. Go going to Molinaire Studios up in Covent Garden. I've always wanted to go there. Um, there's this thing I'm doing tomorrow, um, which hopefully will be on Radio Four, which would be nice. Um, and it, it it really is. You know, I'll do a few voice auditions, maybe three a week or something. Um, I do those. My agent sends them off, and if you get it. It comes back. Can you record? Yeah, sometimes can you record tomorrow? Right. It can be really that that quick. I mean, <laughs> I think some clients think that there's all these voice people sort of reading the paper at the studio, and oh, got a job, have we? Okay, I'll go and do it now, shall I? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's it's a very very fast turnaround that kind of thing. The acting um, that tends to be a lot of self tapes at the moment, instead of going right. up to London and doing a, an audition in a room. You self-tape at home. Um, and, yeah, that, it's, that's, it's feast and famine. You know, you could do 30, 40 auditions, and none of them come off, and then one will. Um, and so the technique I've developed is that as soon as you've done it, forget about it completely, which is why it's very hard to answer your question, because I have no idea what I've been doing. Because if you remember it, you you kill yourself with 
with hope. Fretting about it. Yeah. Oh, well, I get it. Well, I get it. I, I, I did it really well. I'm sure I did. And try not to email your agent. Going, have you heard? I'll tell you when I've heard. Yeah, God. And then you never hear a no. You only ever hear a yes. So the days go by. Sure. And then after a week, you think, well, I haven't got it. So yeah, forgetting about it, doing it, forgetting it is the the key. Okay. Hmm. Are you still playing music? Do you play any piano? Uh, no, no, it's so choice or just through opportunity. Oh yeah, I've got a piano, and I just sit and noodle away at that. Um, my kids are sixteen and eighteen, and the younger one is doing a music. The old one did music GCSE uh, with no with no practicing whatsoever. <laughs> Gets that from me, um, and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean you know really should practice, really should, should, should. Uh, the younger one, he's, um, he's, he's making a lot of stuff in, uh, in his bedroom, you know, as is required now, you know, no one's in bands anymore. It seems sure. it's all, um, people in bedrooms making noises and he's enjoying that. And I enjoy helping them out in, in what I think is a helpful way, you know, probably isn't probably, Oh God, dad. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Shut the door. <laughs> But no, not not really playing music at all. Um, do you miss that? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. It might be different if, yeah, I, I did do stuff that was originals and my own stuff, and writing with people in bands that we're playing a song that I have contributed to or even written. Um, and I think that must be quite a feeling, especially if people like it. Um, I remember <laughs> plenty of people not being that that fussed. Sure. Um, but I've listened back to it subsequently and thought some of it is really good. And so I'm pleased about that and um, and the stuff we made. But it was never going to get anywhere, never in a million years. You know, It was always completely the wrong kind of music for what was happening at the time. Um, and then there's there one band I did... Um, which was came from the odd eccentric which was a watford band from years ago i mean the singer did uh, a couple of albums that i wrote and produced all the music and he did all the lyrics and the, the tunes and the songs and it was great it sounded really really good but no one's ever gonna buy it and then the divine comedy came along and did kind of what we were doing but just a million times better right and i, thought, I remember thinking yeah this this is what this is the next stage on about 15 paces that we should have been doing. Um, yeah, I'm still proud to listen back to it. No one ever hears it. I did once suggest to the kids they might want to hear it. No, they don't. No. <laughs> Are they impressed you've worked with Little Mix? I love him, by the way. <laughs> they, they, they kind of were, actually. That was the first time, really, they've... Except when they were backstage at St Albans Arena. Uh, about six years ago, they were just old enough to be sort of helpful. I remember that Jed wasn't helpful. He dented Sean's trumpet, didn't he? God. But they were at the, at the, at the in the wings, and they had uh, cans of beer, and they're passing the main. You know, they loved that. But that's about the only time they've really enjoyed it. <laughs> remember once we were doing a an outside gig in a proper big festivaly thing, and they were right at the front by the barriers. And we started playing. I thought, oh, they must like this. I looked down and I saw them mouthing to to their mum, um, 
can we go now? <laughs> Just as we started. <laughs> Bye then, kids. I hope you made them walk home. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny, isn't it? The, the perception of what you think is um, cool, glamorous, interesting, all those things. It isn't anyone else's, really. Especially not now. You know, being in a band, literally no one cares. Because who isn't? And, you know, I've got a friend who lives in the next street who was the singer from Chumbawamba. And that's that's a claim to fame. Well, the only thing I've done isn't. You know, and even he, I think, doesn't really talk about it because it's kind of, yeah, and. Hey, so he's not on the podcast. But he could be. I'll let you know. Okay. Lovely man. He's Very probably going, oh, I live next door to Tom Desek. <laughs> Gorilla Glue Man, yes. Yes, Gorilla Glue Man, God's sake. Oh, cheers. <laughs> do you like my mug, by the way? Blimey. Did you do the the logo, the image? I did. Because it's the prototype, it's about £98 worth of mug. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know how to do with the rest of the podcast, but at least I've got a mug. <laughs> God damn. So listen, how do people find you? What, give me your social media tags. I think, usually. Some people find me a bit too much, probably. Sorry. Did you watch Inside <laughs> Number Nine last night? Sorry? Did you watch Inside Number Nine? Steve no, Thompson. I didn't, no. Yes, but it's brilliant. It was this so, it's so meta, the whole thing. It was full of gags and wordplay in the most corny way possible. But they were re- it was deliberate because they were referencing Commedia dell'arte and stuff. And it... Just full of these groan-worthy gags, but absolutely brilliant. So apologies, that was my little tribute to them. I will so, check um, out. Thank you. Tom is my website, which doesn't have much interesting on it really. Um, that <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a very there's there's only two people in the country called Tom Dusek, and we are related. He's a he's a cousin, but I've never met. But he does cycling and DJing, I think. So yes, and I, you... I probably should know this, but are you related to the famous classical comp- composer? Do you say I am? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's my five greats grandfather, and um, yeah, he's he was the, he was brilliant. He was the first person to turn a piano sideways to show off. He was also very very good looking, obviously. And she had a wonderful, magnificent profile. And he first person used the thumbs because the harpsichord had come before the piano. And that was kind of just four fingers. He used the thumbs as well. was a, the first maestro um, doing all sort of keyboard pyrotechnics. And um... What a shame he didn't pass any of that on. <laughs> well, he did. So I've got my cousin, Michael. He's a concert pianist of some oh. renown. He's a professor at the Royal College of Music, I think as well. Um, and he's astonishing. I remember as a kid, he'd, he was living with my dad for a while. And <laughs> my dad had this this terraced house in South London with Michael's Yamaha grand piano um, taking up the entire front room. So if I visited my dad, I'd sleep under the piano. And then to be woken by Michael doing scales first thing in the morning. And it really was... Yeah, it's all the way up and down. <laughs> How the hell do you do this? Um, so yeah, anyway, Jan Ladislav Dusek. Um, uh, was was quite the lad. Taught Marie Antoinette to play the piano, and escaped France just before the French Revolution to England. Um, where, where he started a yogurt bar. 
where you start the yogurt bar yeah, in Soho. <laughs> it's true. They had a house in Soho. Oh. Um, got into debt, ran off, scarpered, um, and ended up in Germany. Uh, took to his bed, ate, drank, slept, and died, and is a bad example to all aspiring young composers, according to the Oxford Book of Music. <laughs> Which is rock and roll, isn't it? It's Keith Richards of his day. <laughs> Fantastic story. Yeah. I'm glad I yes. asked now. <laughs> Tom, thank you so much. Listen, we're going to have a little chat about your one-man play and a few other things um, in our cool. little bonus content section. But um, thank you so much. I, I know... There's lots and lots more we could talk about, so maybe you would grace me with your presence again one day. Of course, anytime. Thank you, Clevy. Mate, thank you. We're gonna we're gonna carry on this conversation in cool. a bit. Thank you very much. The creative blether.